If there ever was a perfect example of synchronicity, this show is it. Somehow, we always seem to make it all come together at the same time. Coming to you from a very warm Britain, from the Curry Manor in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. We had a nice warm day yesterday, but it looks like it might be chilly today. Summer has arrived here, man, all over the continent. It's, it's almost like Florida. We get 85 degrees and then big thunderstorms at the end of the day. It's, uh, and, of course, there's no air conditioning. Well, that's not like Florida. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that's the only thing that's different. Yeah, it's like the really poor part of Florida. Right. <laughs> so I was just in Florida, actually, yesterday. Yeah, I heard you do, uh, didn't you do um, a No Agenda from Florida? Yeah, no, we're doing no agenda. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, Tech Five. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I yeah. literally got back from six hours in the car, John. I, I just drove back from uh, the Netherlands and went through the Channel Tunnel. So, I'm, uh, you did. You drove through. No, but you don't drive through. You get on a train. Yeah, you, yeah. You get on the train. I went. I went out Friday. Do you stay in your car. Do you stay in your car? You stay in your car. You want to know the process? Yeah, I've been through the channel, but only on a train, on a passenger, on a you know passenger train, and where you could you know. Oh no, no, this is this is quite different. You, um, first of all, you, you the cheapest and best way is to book it online, and I booked the Flexi Plus option, which means you can just kind of show up because otherwise you're on a time schedule. You have a check-in time and you have a departure time because uh, they want to manage the traffic down there. Um, so Flexi means you pay. I don't know. I'm sure it's thirty percent more. Um, so you can kind of show up whenever you want. You give an indicated time, but there's no penalty, and you get like, like a little. It. Yeah, you get an, and so you drive up. Um, then first you insert your credit card or your confirmation number, just like a check-in at a terminal at a, a airport terminal. Um, it then poops out uh, a ticket that you hang on your uh, well, off of your mirror, your inside rearview mirror, and then of course it routes you past the shopping center. <laughs> you can't go. No, you have to actually go through the parking lot of the shopping center, which is no, yeah. really. Oh yeah, oh, it's fantastic. That's like like a, like a hotel casino in Las Vegas, where they, you can't check in without walking past a bunch of slot machines. Yeah. Oh, and it's not even really apparent how you get to the. Uh, you know, it, it's not like train this way. It says France that way. <laughs> so so you kind of follow that sign, and then you come to um, UK immigration. France. Yeah, it's funny, man. So you come to. So then finally through the parking lot. You come to UK immigration, um, where of course they, they, uh, check you to see, you know, they just want to say goodbye to you, I guess, which is kind of interesting. It's not the same way always at the airports. Certainly not for going to Europe. Um, and so then they clear you. Then you drive, mm, I'd say about a hundred yards and then there's the French, um, border. So you haven't even gotten on the train yet. You actually do that. You're you're on. French. There's a French border in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you get into customs there, or you you, you know. So that's where they check you for French customs, and then this, everything changes. You know the it, the whole vibe changes literally. Um, and then you, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot. This is more French than English, I think, because then you drive up the. Uh, oh, first you have to go through the security gate, which is kind of cool, uh, which has like magnetic shit under it. It's uh, you know you have to. You drive through this one area and there's cameras and it's checking your whole car, I guess, to make sure you don't have anything bad on board. Right. Um, and then for the flexi customers, you have a little like first class kind of, well, more like a business class lounge and they pack up a little box for you. And, uh, oh, wait, so flexi class is actually, it's like so a business class. Are, are there only two classes of service? Yes. The regular, yes. Yeah. Okay. Re regular and uh, flexi plus. And, uh, and so you get you can get out of your car and go do something. Yeah. So you park at the well. Not uh, you have to do that either at the at the shopping mall or you can do that after the shopping mall. If you have regular class, you can't do that. At Flexi Plus, they have a little. Yeah, it's literally like a little lounge. You drive up, you park. Um, it's about halfway between the 
the, the shopping mall and the actual uh, tr uh, train. And you can go inside. It's nice. It's air-conditioned. Everyone's French, even on the English side. And, you know, they have really nice baguettes. And it's all great French snack food, so no crap. Um, you know, and like real strong espressos and cappuccinos. And they'll pack a little box for you. And then you take that into your car. And, you know, there's a very discreet uh, little LCD flat screen that tells you it's time to board. And then you get in, you drive, and then uh, you go down a little ramp. And then you, tur you, uh, yeah, you turn, into the, uh, turn right into the train. And then uh, because we're passenger cars, you go up uh, to the it's a double decker. So you go to the upper level and you just uh, pull forward until the guy in front of you. And then, you know, there's people assisting all the way through. And it's yes, um, it's like getting on a ferry boat from. Yeah, uh, yeah kind of like that. And it's about, about the same distance between, you know, the uh, the wall. You can open up your door comfortably, but you do have to look out to make sure someone's not walking on the uh, walking alongside the cars to one of the restrooms, for instance. And then it's just it's a train. But now, okay, that's so, and you, actually, you know, it'd be cool. You got to take one of your cameras that's got video capability and kind of like glue it to the dashboard and then film the whole little thing. Um, it's, and it's, YouTube it's, it. kind of, it's kind of boring. It's not that exciting. When, well, I've got to, actually, I have one. I have to post one of these days, which is a, a simple video of me trying to get out of the, uh, parking lot at the venetian hotel just to show you. <laughs> that's impossible it, isn't it <laughs> it goes on forever this this video but, but anyway go left here to come back and gamble more so anyway the uh let's go back to this little so you right. park now can you can you get out and get on is there a regular train hooked to this or is just this all cars it's all cars right so you, you actually you're going um so i was pretty much one of the first ones on and so you actually drive all the way forward through all these different carriages um, and I counted. Oh, you mean they're they're hooked together? You know, so in other words, you can go from uh, one yeah, you can walk uh, yeah, yeah car to another. I mean, another one one of the carriages to another. You can drive through from one to another. Uh, when you get on, well, so when you get on, I think there was uh, row thirty or cabin thirty six. I think was the first one that I saw because it has uh, LED, you know, LED displays. And I I drove forward all the way to number twelve, I think. And then you know, then there were other people in front of me. So then you stop. And then they close the doors between the carriages, just like a regular train. But they do open if you want to get from one to the other, because there's uh, restrooms located every every other one, I think. So you have to go through those, you know, uh, automatic yeah, red door. Yeah, the the electric doors that let you. The thing open, push, push. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then you know, the, and so a guy helps you. You make sure that you pull up to the bumper, baby. And then, uh, you know, kill the engine, uh, and you have to keep your windows halfway open. It's not comfortable. It is kind of warm, particularly on a day like this where we've got uh, 85 degrees. And um, but then It's when warm it, in the tunnel, too? Uh, well, so once the train gets going, then uh, it did cool down a little bit. But, you know, it's a 35-minute ride, and then kind of like after 25 can you minutes... See the wall, can you see the walls of the tunnel, or are you yes, enclosed? Yes, you, there are um, windows, and so you can see lights fl flashing by. And yeah, we could be on Space mm -hmm. Mountain. But, you know, they could, like, take me right back to... Uh, to, uh, to Folkestone, I wouldn't... And, uh, you know, I'd drive out, and I wouldn't even know. I mean, you have no bearing whatsoever. Okay. But then you come out of the tunnel... And then of wait, course, wait, wait, stop. How long does this take? <laughs> 35 minutes. Oh, it's not bad. No, so you eat your lunch, you know, and, uh, and you, and you chill out and you, you drink your, your cappuccino in your car and maybe you get up, stretch your legs and then, uh, you're there. And then you drive off. And then of course it's kind of weird because then you have to drive on the right hand side of the road. It does, this right, and your steering wheel's on the wrong side, so it's a dangerous journey. <laughs> it's, it's for thrill seekers only, John C. Dvorak.
Not just I mean, I, you're in, you know, those wrong hand side of the road cars is just, you know, you can't see to pass. Yeah, uh, I don't miss it. I mean, for me, it's when it comes to operating machinery, I'm ambidextrous. You know, the helicopters, you fly right seat. Airplanes, you fly left well, seat. I, no, I don't have any trouble driving in England in the car with a steering wheel on the wrong side of the road. I just don't like to have it where I'm on the wrong side of the road with the wrong side steering wheel because you can't see to pass. If you have to pass somebody, you have to damn near pull the whole car out into the other lane to see if anyone's coming. Well, but, you know, you come on, man. How long have you been driving? I mean, you know how big it's the car dangerous. is. I'm just saying it's a dangerous <laughs> proposition. And, and it's people, dangerous, and damn it. Wait, here's what's worse about it. It looks stupid. You look like an idiot with the wheel on the wrong side. <laughs> Hadn't considered that. I actually had a nice little Panama hat on, you know, and, uh, like, gee, I must look like a real total dick. <laughs> I would think. So, so it's thirty five minutes. That's not too bad. And what is it? What's the cost on it? Uh, that's very expensive. Um, I think I paid round trip was two hundred and forty pounds. So, yeah, five hundred bucks. Not cheap. Five hundred bucks. Oh yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, but you get a sandwich. <laughs> uh, in a nice box. Now, I think the regular, it's not that much more expensive. I think the regular probably still would. Now, of course, you can load up, you know, four people in, in my car. I was just by myself. There's no points off for uh, uh, for the number of passengers you have on board. Yeah. It's, it's just per vehicle. So, you know, it does get a little bit less expensive if you're splitting the cost. Yeah, I guess with four people would be okay. But, uh, geez. What's the train ride? I took the train once, but I can't remember what it was. That wasn't. It wasn't nearly that. No, and the, the train took me all the way to Cologne. Right, uh, the TGV, the the high speed train. Well, actually, the the, the Euro train comes to drop you off somewhere. I can't remember where. A couple of different places, mm. Paris, and there's the one that goes to toward Amsterdam. It stops yes. somewhere. Um, in Antwerp, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Antwerp. Yeah, you need to get off and get on something faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you but didn't ask me what I you didn't ask me what I was doing. Why I took the train with my car? I'm more fascinated by the the journey. But okay. anyway, what what were you doing, by the way? I went to go to the Black Cross. Did we talk about this last week? No. Okay, the Black Cross is a motocross, uh, you know, like motorcycle, uh, cross motorcycles, and it started, I think, God, maybe ten years ago. My first one was six years ago, and it literally was an illegal, hence black. It's in Dutch, um, in the uh, kind of uh, in the eastern part of Holland, known as the Achterhoek or the back corner, which um, the people who live there and work there, mainly uh, farmland, uh, they would be equated to um, hicks from the south. Okay. Okay. Just to give you some, but so they start this this motocross, this illegal motocross. And this thing grows out, you know, six years ago when I went for the first time before there was any media attention. Already in a weekend, 100,000 people would show up and it have these, you know, these people with the craziest things that, you know, like tanks would show up with. And, you know, and then they'd go around the track with uh, surfboards behind them with uh, guys dressed up as Arabs waving to the crowd. You know, there's always five guys who have some kind of thing that looks like a dildo that they ride. I mean, it's, but it's crazy, right? It's just a complete carnival of burning fossil fuels and drinking massive quantities of beer, but it's really laid back and there's no uh, aggression. Um, and also there's no signage that says you can't go here, stop, go back. You know, it has signs like, please scream loudly here or 
uh, complaints with an arrow pointing towards the exit. You know, completely the opposite. <laughs> right, that kind of yeah, old gags. Yeah, but they really work. And even the cops who are out on the on the on the road helping direct traffic towards this event. And everyone camps there, of course. It's very much a festival, you know. So people show up in their campers and tents and just sheets and sticks. And so anyway, so I had um, um, set up a kind of a meetup with uh, people who are into this hydroxy booster stuff. I'm sure I told you about this. Nope. Oh, fuck. The hydroxy booster, uh, somewhat debated online, but it's um, a very simple construction of creating hydrogen uh, and then feeding that into the intake of your car so that you get better mileage. Yeah, okay. Okay. So um, I was going to meet up so with... You, so this is... So you're, what you're telling me is this is your latest kind of, let's say, nutball thing you're working on or what? Yeah, just one of the many. Okay. This is the left nut ball thing I'm working on. Um, and so literally, you know, the, the, the way the system works is you have a, a, a canister of water, you put some, um, some plates in there, and then you put a current through it, for, which comes from the battery, and then that creates hydrogen. And then you want to route that hydrogen into the intake of your manifold or, you know, your carburetor or whatever. And the theory is that, you know, because this is a very efficient gas, hydrogen, that it mixes up with the um, with the gasoline, and and of course it takes over a, a portion of the use, and you get better mileage. So I'm really interested in this, and you really can't buy them. You know, people make kits, and of course there's you know people doing MLM schemes with this stuff. So there's a lot of pros and cons. I just I really want to try this thing. So these guys agreed to show up. One guy had actually made the thing from PVC tubing and you know, wires hanging. This guy's an Einstein. You know, he's like he's talking about zero point energy, and you know. <laughs> quantum shit. Then, yeah, it makes sense to me that he would be talking about that. Yeah, but then another guy is from a, a car tuning shop, and he showed up with all the tools. And then yet another guy was the guy when someone said, um, does anyone have a roll of vulcanized tape on Teflon basis? And, you know, he was the guy who said, why, sure, I've got one right here. You know, a couple of people showed up with buses of, you know, like 911 was an inside job, etc. So it was totally my, <laughs> totally my people, totally, totally my people. And we, and we hooked this thing up. We built it right there on the spot. You know, it took a couple hours, and we built actually built it in the wheel well. And I took pictures, John, and they're on my Flickr account, linked from my weblog, curry.com. So you can see the uh, actual process, the chronology of this, uh, of this install. And um, I've tested it. I tested 100 kilometers yesterday. Um, and this is based, the way I tested it was, uh, you know, filled up the tank. It's a 60-liter tank. Um, and then, you know, drove until it was about three quarters empty, uh, uh, maintained the mileage that I drove and then filled it up to see how much went back into the tank. All right. Very simple way of checking your mileage. You agree? It seems to work. It's a, a subtractive way of doing it. Just, of course, you know, you have to have a consistent, uh, uh, type of driving, but yeah. Right. So the consistent type of driving I used, uh, was both highway based. Uh, but one was at uh, 110 kilometers per hour, and the other one was 130 kilometers per hour. At 130 kilometers per hour, it does about, um, it gave me about an 11% efficiency. So I was doing uh, one... 11% one, improvement? Improvement, yeah. So uh, before I was doing one, uh, one liter would take me 10 kilometers, and now one liter took me 11 kilometers. But under uh, that, so like 110, I was doing uh, closer to 1 to 13. So I, I was closer to uh, uh, to, a, to, to like a 29% improvement. 
crazy, huh? I'm skeptical. <clears throat> but, you know, hey, you we, never well, know. But, but the numbers don't lie. Well, the numbers don't lie if those are the numbers indeed. Right. Well, all I did is I tracked the mileage, did 100 kilometers, give or take, but I tracked it and, and then I divided it. Uh, so then, so let's assume that this this process works. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you gonna do about it? Uh, not, I'm not gonna start a business, John. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's clear that you know this, it, and this stuff has to be developed because you know it's PVC and it can melt, and you know this, this is, it's still in the hobby stage. Um, what am I gonna do with it? I'm, I I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll promote anyone who's building this stuff and trying to get it in people's hands. I mean, it seems like a a pretty good way to save some money. You know, anyone can build one. It's not hard. It's just plastic. And yeah, no, some no. Tubing. I find it fascinating that people like yourself who are multimillionaires are out to save a nickel or two on well, their gasoline. Uh, oh, dude, but dude, okay. dude. No, obviously, no, no, I'm not no, out no, to, no. to save a nickel or a dime on gasoline. Obviously, I'm out to see if this fucking theory works. You sit on your ass with your goddamn Acura driving around complaining about how much you have to pay for parking. I I'm actually trying to do something for the people. I don't complain about parking, or oh. do I have? An, nor do I have an Acura, for God's sake. Uh, what is so, that thing you uh, have? What is that thing you, we drive in? Uh, you shouldn't. If you don't know it, you can't afford it. So, um, <laughs> so you spent five hundred bucks to go to a thing to save a couple of bucks. That's I, it's just okay. I think no, it's good. I, but I, I did it. To, I wanted to see the. I wanted to meet these people. I wanted to hear what they had to say. I, I want. I wanted to see the process. I, I, you know, it was it was very educational. It was fun at the same time. And then we saw some guys driving around on motorized dildos. Hey, you know what? It's possible that mixing, you know, extracting the oxygen and hydrogen from water with you, with your own, you know, car energy, and then pumping that back into the gasoline. Yeah. Uh, to improve the performance, it's possible that it would, you know, have some beneficial. Uh, Characteristics. Well, here's the next step. So, the, so um, although it seems like you get a lot of water in your uh, in in, in no, the no, 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 no water. It's it's not. Uh, no, you can, it's you not can't condensation. Burn oxygen and hydrogen without water coming out of the deal. Uh, hold on a second. It's not condensation or anything. No, no. But when you burn hydrogen and, and oxygen together, and what you're getting when oh, you yeah, get sure. the gas off the water is hydrogen and oxygen, which yeah, is you know. But that just comes out the back. That just comes out the exhaust. That's well, not a big do, deal. Yeah, but it, it forms a, a vapor trail throughout the engine, and that has to create rust and all kinds of issues. I don't know. Maybe there's not enough to make a difference. I suppose. Well, the um, the theories are quite different from that. In fact, the theories are it's much better for your engine. Oh, and by the way, I put in. Uh, unleaded 95, no super 98 shit or anything like that. Runs the same. We can't even get 98 here. No? Oh, okay. We got 98 over here. I think we still have 98. Well, any of the, anything that says ultimate or super speedy, I didn't put in it. Hmm. Um, but it was, it was, it, you know, you'll take a look at the pictures. They built it into the wheel well, so it actually has extra cooling from uh, removing my front left mist lamp. Did you have these guys just install this on your system, or did you do it? No, no, it was like three different guys. One guy had made the thing, and he had kind of in, he had installed it on his own car, but, you know, he's not a great installer. <laughs> this other guy was like you know, a guy who installs radar systems and anti-laser blips and blops, and so he had all the shit. He knew he knows how to install something to a car properly, but then, you know, we didn't have a, a garage with, you know, all the stuff, and there was this other guy, and he just had everything. He had, like, he had everything from cheese fondue to the vulcanized tape on Teflon basis. You know, the guy had fucking everything in his car. It was amazing. 
I can see the headline now in the Daily Standard. <laughs> Crackpot curry car explodes in downtown London. Four injured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hi- Hydrogen cool. blamed. It w- <laughs> I don't know. It was just interesting. And, and and these are some pretty hardcore people. You know, they're thinking about other stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah, like 9-11 and uh, well, the, what other uh, things? I think most of them are way beyond it. They did come up with one of the uh, the girls, um, her name was Andrea, who had taken a train, a bus, and walked to come and see us, even though she doesn't have a car and just wanted to, to meet us and hang out. Did you give her a ride home? Yeah, we, got, we made sure she got a ride home. Okay, um, that's nice. Of course. Um, she pulled out like 80 pages she had printed from Eurolex, which is the uh, European Union, like Lexus Nexus type system. And she was showing me this thing, John, which was just, and I haven't jumped into it deep enough, but I just want to let you know, called the Eurotome, which is the European Atomic, uh, um, is it Commission or Community? I think it's the European Atomic Union, something like that. Again, I'm just kind of paraphrasing all this. But what she what she was showing me is that once the Lisbon Treaty is ratified by everyone, so let's just presume they're going to shove it down Ireland's throat and everyone else will ratify. Wait, stop for a second. Does this woman know who you are? Yes. Okay. Yes, she does. And she knows that you're all, all that over I mean, this, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's she's in doing this. I don't know. If, I don't know how she. I don't know if she eats or sleeps. She seems to do this all day long. She's probably nuts. Yes, of course she is. But that's okay. Call us whatever you yeah. want. And so she shows me this. Oh, and you, now and, you're you're <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm a nutter. Absolutely. And, and if you look at if you look at Wikipedia, even if you look up the Lisbon Treaty, you'll see this diagram, and you'll see that there's this European Atomic Community. Which relates to the Lisbon Treaty. So I guess once that is ratified, then this other thing goes into effect. And it has in here that the members, so it's, it's another community. So you can have a, a European Union, but then on top of it, there's another union called the European Atomic Union. You with me? Yeah. So, so it's just another agreement between parties. But these parties have agreed that uh, in the European Atomic Union, which includes uh, the same countries, um, and this is the thing that she was showing me just to get my attention, I presume, so I'll delve into it more deeper, is that um, none of the governmental buildings that are members of the European Atomic Union can be uh, searched, can be seized, can be entered, you know, any of this stuff, don't have to pay taxes in perpetuity. So here's a treaty, and this is the only thing that, you know, that really gets me going on it. Here's a treaty where these member states have said, okay, we're actually above the European Union. We we give some commands down to the European Commission. Oh, and by the way, uh, no one can ever come and uh, look at our archives or look at our the way we do business. You can't you can't get a search warrant. It'll be uh, a fundamental right that these guys cannot be touched. And and was and was right off the European Lexus Nexus system. What do you think the point of that is? It sounds pretty suspicious. Well, I think this is uh, fascism, the next generation. Yeah, you know, something definitely weird. What, what was that? We got an email from someone who suggested postmodern fascism. Fascism. Oh yeah, that's the guy who sent us. That was uh, Emmanuel. Mm. He sent us a. Uh, he also sent a link to the Webster Tarpley. Yeah, yeah, yeah who I, is a complete talk <laughs> about nutters. Uh, 
But I actually watched that that video, yeah, uh, which too. unfortunately these these things from Tarpley are extremely long. Yeah. And he is uh, he's the one he's one of the main truthers. And he, if not the guy. Yeah, well, I've heard, and, I've heard all this Prescott Bush stuff. It's about how uh, Adolf Hitler came to power and who, uh, and who financed them. Right. Well, there's that. But he also, but the Tarpley goes on to on one weird topic after another. But curiously, uh, and he's one of those guys who looks like the world's worst guy to interview because he won't let anyone talk but himself. And uh, but curiously, if you go back far enough, he's actually predicted the banking crisis, the uh, oil run up. And as a as a guy who may have some insight into uh, um, these kinds of uh, his rationale for all this stuff is, I think, is skewed. But uh, it's interesting that he would nail the uh, um, Bear Stearns thing in advance of it actually happening. That's you know, and I've been uh, obviously watching. I downloaded a couple of uh, interviews from. Oh, what's it? ProjectCamelot.net. Have you ever seen that? Nope. Okay, so they interview these guys who are, you know, like some of them are ex-test pilots or worked at NSA, you know, whistleblowers, essentially. And they're all saying that, you know, the way the way the United States government, certainly, but probably most governments, the way they protect, you know, their really highly classified stuff is basically, you know, just letting anyone talk about whatever they want and just discrediting them. It's much easier, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So that, well, these you know, guys generally discredit themselves by their style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like like we're so fucking normal, but that's okay. Let me let me just no continue. seriously. I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, it's I, a guy, you know, he's going on and on and on about one thing. I mean, typical guy in this in this genre. You know, I mean, you you are headed there, but you you haven't quite made it yet. Well, the thing but is, they a, do have credentials, though, because they have actually held these positions within the government. So they do have credentials. These aren't just guys figuring shit out. These are guys who are saying, look, here's where I worked. I worked on the uh, X-17 project. I mean, and, and this goes really far, John. I mean, right down to the the 9-11 planes were holographic images. So, you know, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not there. Well, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not, that's a good one. I like to see that. There's money to be made from holographic images that big. Well, it's interesting because you know that um, there was a presentation. I think it, I don't know if it was a Disney presentation, but then happened in uh, the '80s or maybe early '90s. I remember hearing about it back then, um, where a guy comes out. You know, they invited everyone to Hollywood. Steven Spielberg was there. You know, all the big directors, and they go in one of these private cinemas. And uh, so a guy comes out, kind of a German-like speaking guy, and he and he and he's on stage, and he's walking, you know, through the audience, and he's talking about the history of television, how they had came up with the first cathode ray tube, cathode ray tube, um, and basically he goes to that, and he said, and you know, and that's how we, uh, that's how television was developed, and then poof, the guy just disappears, <laughs> because the whole presentation was about the future of television, and he was actually a holographic image. So anyway, so so these guys who are talking about this stuff, they do have credibility from their positions that they held, and they're just being open about it because you know it's like people call them nuts anyway, and and yeah. the, and that's the way the government keeps stuff secret, which I think is pretty plausible. Uh, it works. I mean, I could, I will agree, and if I thought about this myself, not that you know, I think that we're completely off the, in the deep end. Generally speaking, I think we're fairly accurate in our analysis, except for maybe this hydrogen thing. But um, generally speaking, I think you, that's what you know the way the flying saucer thing works so well. I mean, if there were flying saucers. And they and they were actually having meetings, you know, with these guys mm -hmm. uh, over strawberry ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, 
and somebody stumbled onto the meeting with the, with some gray, you know, one of these supposed, you know, yeah, the, 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 the grays, of, yeah, the grays, the grays, yeah. which is a good one, a good moniker. Yeah. Well, you also and have the tall stumbled whites. in and they said, oh, my God, they wouldn't have to really shoot the guy as he ran out. No, just they let him just, tell him. Let it tell a yeah. story. Who's going to believe this? Yeah, yeah, the guys are sitting there. They're eating strawberry ice cream and discussing yeah. stealth technology. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, here's, right. so here's the theory. You want to hear the theory from these guys? What is it? Okay, the theory is, well, first of all, the depopulation is, of course, uh, is what is what we're headed for. That's part. Of, that's the main thrust of the theories here. No, um, wait, wait. The, the th now, let's go back up. What theories? Well, there are many theories. Okay, we're going with the depopulation theory. Okay, so, so depopulation theory is that the big names, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, the Morgans, etc., um, that, you know, so first of all, they've, they've kind of fucked shit up with the, um, with the, with the financial, you know, the way they ran the finances. So that has to be corrected. But also, there's just too many people on the planet. Whereas, you know, five billion people will be able to keep them just rich and happy and moving along just fine. Right? Okay. Okay. So the depopulation, how does that happen? Well, first we got to uh, create some events. Um, so we've had 9-11. That already helped change all the laws. The next step is, and it could be, uh, there's a couple of different uh, branches here of the theory, but pretty much universally, and this is interesting since we've picked up on it, universally, um, most of these theories all agree that there's going to be some form of big major UFO event. Um, ah, right? there's the rub. Yeah, well, so... Because that will never happen. This is, you know, I, I'm going to stop you, but I want you to continue, but let me just throw a couple of asides in. Sure. This reminds me of, uh, we had a guy, Joe Fermage, who used to run a big company here and became a multimillionaire. Oh, this is the guy that killed it. himself? No, no, he didn't kill himself. He floats around as a speaker. Uh -huh. He's a public speaker in the on the Flying Saucer Tour. <laughs> And and I remember having him on my uh, Silicon Spin show a couple of times, mm -hmm. and I called him out on one thing because I kept him away, and then I brought him back in. It was the same thing you hear from every one of these guys. There's an <coughs> anti-gravity device out there, and it's going to be revealed in the next 60 days. There's always They always have this short-term timetable, and it's always about anti-gravity, and that's how they're going to explain how all these flying saucers and all these things can do these weird things in the sky. And there's an anti-gravity. It's like along with zero-point energy, anti-gravity, uh, uh, cold fusion. There's a whole slew mm -hmm. of these mm -hmm. uh uh, there's a checklist. So allow, anyway, allow me to take this a little bit further. Anti-gravity is on the top of this list, and it's like every Joe's any minute now. And this <laughs> is the same thing with these. When I hear somebody saying, "Oh yeah, there's going to be a big flying saucer event," and I know these guys are clinically crazy, or I don't know what they're thinking. Well, let me not let me uh, let me continue. All right. So uh, screw screw anti-gravity. I mean, these guys are these. They're guys here who was, who claim to have flown the freaking spaceships. Okay. Who have met okay. the Greys, have met the tall, and but these are these are serious government guys, you know, pro <laughs> proven that they were that they that they that they worked at these uh, high high security level gigs. So anyway, and no, anti Greys. anti gravity man, they've got like you know it's total Men in Black stuff. So the the the, the ships are here, you know they and by the way we have bases on the moon. I mean I'm just telling you what's there, right? So, <laughs> but anyway the idea is regardless of whether it's um, uh, a big flying saucer moment where the alien, the ETs, then contact us and say, <laughs> "Hand us all your guns," because of course the government will say, "Well, we've talked to them, and they, you know, it's totally like Mars attacks, right?" 
Um, so give us your guns. But eventually, you know, I'm sure you've read about the camps that are being set up around the U.S. to house, uh, you know, FEMA camps. I mean, you've, I mean, you've definitely, you know, this I've has been posted on Dvorak. I did a little research on these FEMA camps a couple of years ago, and this is bull. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Okay, Where so, are these camps? Where's the photos? Every time are, they show photos, you know, what cool thing I saw? They showed photos from the camp, one of these camps they're building. Coincidentally, I happened to have been on the road where that photo was taken. Uh huh. It was in Slovenia. Well, they got camp. They'll need camps there too. <laughs> so I'm well, just. This camp I'm just was supposed to be in Kentucky. Well, there's supposed to be enough to house millions and millions of people. I'm just giving you the story, John. I'm not saying I believe in it, but I do appreciate you jumping in and debunking it with that's bullshit. <laughs> um. So then, of course, uh, there's the viral theory. This is the bird flu theory. This one I like. Um, and, and this is actually, I have done a little bit of research looking at uh, some of these pharmaceutical uh, companies who have, uh, you know, billions of dollars projected in their pipeline. It's in their public filings, in their, uh, in their Q statements. Uh, you know, that uh, the, they're, and by the way, two uh, California companies um, claimed three weeks ago in the, in the, in the news that they have the antivirus for the H5N1 flu human-to-human version, which means they basically either have the virus in their hands or they're lying because you can't create an antidote unless you have the virus. So, um, But these companies have billions of dollars of orders already from the government, $3.9 billion, $3 billion for uh, stockpiles. You know, Tamiflu is now out. Now it's this new stuff. And how many people have died of, of uh, bird flu? 200? Like a whopping 300 maybe in the past 10 years that we've heard about this? No. Yeah, it's not, it's not a sweeping epidemic yet. No, it's not like it necessarily warrants a $4 billion investment from our money. Um, so, of course, the, the thinking there is, you know, we'll have forced inoculations and then uh, just, you know, the, the, the stories behind the Spanish flu, the World War I uh, flu that wiped out 60 million people. No, but I'm sure it's a whopper. Go. Well, this is pretty historical. You could look this up. So this, they uh, injected GIs who were going over to uh, to Europe, to Spain, uh, 600,000 GIs or whatever. Uh, they injected them with a whole bunch of, you know, wide variety of stuff. And, of course, you know, a virus is really activated by, uh, you know, we have lots of viruses, but if you, uh, if you have poor nutrition and you have some kind of stress, like uh, being on a ship, going to war with a rifle and gunpowder bag. Um, so these guys contracted this virus and it wound up killing 60 million people. And, uh, and there's pretty much agreement uh, that that happened because of those inoculations. So, you know, so this is where that theory goes is like to depopulize. Uh, people will get uh, forced inoculations and then we'll have some kind of another stress event like aliens and then we all die. <laughs> now I know why people love this show. It, <laughs> it, but it, it's awesome, man. And it's totally plausible. Uh, laugh. You're not coming into my compound, Dvorak. You're not invited. <laughs> when the grid goes down. Let me in. Let me in. No, because you have an Acura. Go away. 
So uh, you are we do we are we doing product placement? Is that the reason you keep bringing up that thing? No, I can't. I thought you had an. Hey, I want a piece of the action. We got product placement uh, going on. Shit, that you're not man, telling I, me I ain't about. got nothing. Uh, did you see that? Uh, that was pretty funny. It was a news article. Uh, maybe it was on Boing Boing. Uh, the now a couple of different local news stations are being sponsored by uh, McDonald's. We did that on the blog, Dvorak.org slash yeah. blog. We have a picture there. Yeah, I heard I heard on BBC World on the drive back today. I was like, wow, that's pretty funny. Well, you know, anything to stretch the budget. Yeah, but in the... Boy, dr- this is a good cup of Starbucks coffee. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, I, when I got back, I, I mean, saw one of the We should have been sponsored by PG Tips, yeah. this show. Yeah, wow. For the last six months. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm going to have another speech? sip. Well, because we're too controversial, John. And I think it's because the company's... Well, idiots. you know, we could get us some GoDaddy codes. I'm sure we could make lots of money off of selling shit just to have people support yeah, the I show. Want, I, want, I want somebody just to give us... Yeah, we, want, we need an underwriter. Yeah, I know. So we can say, you know, the show has been sponsored by so-and-so. You can take or leave the information. It's not their ideas. It's right. ours. Arthur Daniels Midland Corp. Hey, you know, if they got, you know... <laughs> Brought to you by GE. Maybe they could get us to stop talking about genetically modified food. Shit, now so, that shit's for real, though, man. That's really that's really freaking me out. Yeah, well, it's an issue. It's something that, that that's a problem. Did you so did you hear you, about the jalapeno pepper? I was going to bring that up to you. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, it's been in and out. The whole thing, they don't know what's going on. It's ridiculous. A jalapeno pepper. Yeah, I'm po- one of these guys. These things people. are coming from Mexico. Are these guys crapping on the peppers, or what's the deal? <laughs> oh, I know what we got to talk about, dude. The robot known as Barack Obama has hit Europe. Yes, I was going. I wanted to talk about that, and because I have a couple of things to point out that are kind of that aren't being covered. You know, the news media. I was in uh, when I was in Florida. We were at some uh, barbecue place, and they had it was a cool bar that had all these different televisions across the bar on different channels. Uh-huh. And it was like you watch these things, and it was like Barack Obama, Barack Obama. And they had all these different shows on, but on on MSNBC and CNN, it's only Barack Obama. It's like the Barack Obama channels, so, and you could see these. They had, they had, they were shooting pictures of Barack Obama getting in and out of a car. Yeah, you know. Meanwhile, other channels had regular programming on. It was ridiculous. Well, I'm going to have to revise my uh, my thinking of going along with you that McCain is going to win. Definitely not. This is. I mean, yeah. the fix is in here, man. Well, of course, Barack Obama. I mean, he's not. He's going to blow himself up. He's he does not. Ha- he's already pushing it. He's getting more pictures of himself. In fact, on one of his official websites, he's got himself looking into the air like Elvis on that second album. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a setup, man. This is not. This is this is perfect orchestration. But he's everybody right, wants you know, him to win. A couple of things, you know, that weren't pointed out, and like he's got this big thing in Berlin, which looks like the, you know, something Hitler would he, put together. But, but you people don't realize there were two. It was a big rock concert. It was, but it was an it, American no, no, style they, they rock were, concert. No, there was a, literally it was a rock concert. They had rock and roll bands preceding him, which drew in the big crowd. Yeah, and they stuck yep. around to listen to the speech. But it was no, no. But it was set up for him. The bands were playing there. He was the main act. Those were just yeah. opening acts. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Yes. What do you mean you're not buying it? He was in England. I, I haven't seen the footage yet, but Patricia said, what the hell is this Barack Obama guy thinking? I said, what do you mean? He said, he stood out there outside 10 Downing Street saying, and I got to get the footage on this. I'm sure it's all over YouTube. Um, oh, it's so happy to see you good English people. And, you know, we Americans really love you English people. And I was like, she said, it's just disgusting. 
you English people. We love you English people. I said, are you sure that's what he said? Yeah, you English people. I said, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, man, I think this is the fix. You know, he's also a Council of Foreign Relations uh, guy. Yeah, no, I know he's part of the whole clique. I mean, he's not. He's just the same as the old guys. Exactly. Except now, here's what bothers say, wait, me. Wait, just say that. Just say that. Just say that again. What did you just say? He's just one of the guys. He's just one of the guys, right? He's part of so, the setup, right? Part of the system. Okay. So part uh, of the system. Yeah. So let's go over his. Uh, you know, one of the things that bothers him. I'm, I'm getting tick, sick of the guy. By the way. Okay. I think I, I'm tired of his rhetoric. I'm tired of watching him. I, here's what really bugs me. I don't. His teleprompter thing is getting on my nerves. Yeah, it is. I, I totally agree with that. Yep. He yeah, and I've been watching. I've been studying it a little bit. By the way, he does. Um, he, if you look at the trans, Huffington Post has become a big booster for him, and if you, and they have a posting of his transcript, and I was listening to the speech actually just before you called, on a word for word basis, that transcript of what his speech was was obviously not what he said because there was all kinds of things in there that he changed. Really, and he either did it. And people should know out there when you do teleprompter work, and, and the way Obama works is as follows: he has two teleprompters, one on his extreme right and one on his extreme left, and he bobs his head back and forth yeah. and back and forth and never talks to any. Anything but the teleprompter. Well, that's how all of them do it, though, John. I mean, there's, I know, and they all and it all looks like the same thing. He's looking over here, and then he jerks his head over the other side to make sure he doesn't lose his place <laughs> on the other teleprompter, and, he, and then he starts talking there. Well, he is right. He, he the way I see it, he's a little bit. Uh, to the, he's on the he's looking right most of the time. That's his strong prompter. So he is like looking at the right prompter more, uh, for his right. Yeah. Your left yeah. prompter most of the time, then he'll shoot to the left prompter and maybe give a couple of sentences, then pop back, back over the yeah. right where he yeah. maintains the longest eye contact with that prompter. Now, I was, so I was interested in seeing how much, how much he'd flow, fall off prompter. In other words, you know, drop a word or well, right. how would he recover? Yeah, skate around, I call it. Now, he, do, he does change his uh, singular to plural a lot. And he also ch changed. Now, some of this you don't know if it's actually changed on the prompter, and they kept the original transcript yeah, and distributed that know. to the media. Because yeah. often people should note this too: the media often will get a speech like this they in get the, advance the prompter copy. Of the yep, yep, yep. And so if he, so if something's changed at the last minute, it will not show up in the transcript. And often a guy like Obama, who's a practice prompter user it, it, with this style of, you know, blah, 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 it's a certain pacing. Dude, he's better than uh, Katie Couric. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, who wouldn't be? <laughs> Anyways, so... Uh, anyway, the, the, the thing is he changes a lot of, like, for example, in one of his comments, he changed... Uh, he changes a lot of past tense to present tense. And I'll read you what he, what's in the transcript. He says, now is the time to build new bridges across the globe as strong as the one that bound us across the Atlantic. That's the original transcript. He changed bound to binds, either on the fly or in a fix, because most people who do work with a prompter will practice, depending. You know, some people like, you know, are lazy. You just go cold and read the prompter, but he doesn't have, he really can't afford right, to do it's that. It's an important speech, you know, so whenever yeah, he's doing a speech, he might as well read through it. He said nothing in the speech, by yeah. the way. But anyway, so so he probably went over and he changed stuff and, she, and he will have it changed on the prompter. Now, he did blow a line. Let me find it. Okay, cool. Uh, can, can we hear the audio? Can you do that? Or we're not going to No, hear I can't. That? No, okay. I can't. It's too complicated. But I will, <laughs> I will read. No wonder will, no one will sponsor this show. It's too complicated. Too complicated. Uh, hold on a second. 
Um, somebody's beeping me. Okay, he, here's the line as it was written in the transcript. And you know this is what he want, meant to say. The poppies in Afghanistan become the heroin in Berlin. They had this, they had this clip on, uh, on uh, the BBC World Service. Okay, so, so what did he say? Well, and then he, instead of saying that, he obviously screwed up and, re, and read it wrong. And he said, the poppies in Afghanistan come from the heroin he in had, Berlin. Uh, so instead of become, he had, he says, come. And, uh, and then he has to go back and then he it. has to recover either by backing up and saying, become, but he can't, he did, decides not to do that. And he decides to go ahead with the sentence oh, no. on an ad lib basis. And he says, the poppies in Afghanistan, something like comes. You know, and then he says from Afghanistan and, and or back comes, to uh, no, no, here it is. No, I got, it, I got, it, I got. It. The poppies in Afghanistan comes to Berlin <laughs> to, to to be heroin or something like that. But he changed becomes the heroin in Berlin to comes. And then he blows it and says to Berlin. And I actually, when you listen to it, I thought the recovery was outstanding. Oh wow! By the way. Well, uh, well, of course I, he's right. You know, the 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 U.S. of course shipped the heroin directly to uh, to Berlin, as we take away the poppies from the Afghani's. Well, they're growing plenty of poppies. Yeah, of course uh, they are. He did another one here. The one, the only one that I think he blew, uh, and I had to find it again. But he did blow one sentence where he used the same word twice in a funny, awkward way. But most of the stuff was uh, just he didn't say anything really. No, he says, you know, this didn't he, and that. Didn't he you say, know, didn't he say something about? Didn't he say something of, about not in a new world order, but bringing order to a new world? Didn't he, here's, someone told me he said you know, something like that. That's what they're saying. The Sky TV is harping on this, and I couldn't find any evidence of that's okay. bull. They're All just right. looking for something. What they should have looked for is the fact that this thing is boring. <laughs> and he said nothing. <laughs> he said nothing, and he kept throwing in stuff that was references to the wall, and then he made a bunch of metaphors about this being a wall and that being a wall and blah, blah, blah. I just thought the thing was, I thought the speech was weak. I mean, it was just a bunch of bull. I mean, there was yeah, nothing. I, I, have, I haven't heard it or seen you it. Know, everybody's entire, a yeah. happy camper, you know, we're one great big world. There was a lot of internationalism in there, which I believe is, is, is where he's headed. Well, of course. You know, he likes, yeah. Of so course. he's part of the old neoliberal internationalist, uh, you know, you, you know these, these guys who want one world government. Yeah. Well, isn't that the same as the neocons? The neocons are a little different, but they're yeah, pretty yeah one much. world government. And and one didn't we just government. didn't Sarkozy just create the? Uh, oh man, that guy says some amazing shit. I got to pull up those new stories for you. The president of France and the current president of the EU. So yeah. the, so the the French. So he he changed a couple laws for France as well. Um, last week, and one of them is they've now started this database about every man, woman, and child starting at thirteen years of age. And in it's going to be listed, um, you know, besides your usual name and address, uh, email addresses, telephone numbers, uh, social groups you belong to. And this is all public information, John. Um, you know, uh, family relations, who you're related to, who you're distantly related to. And it starts at 13 years of age. They're starting to build this database. Oh, and uh. if you've protested, uh, what protests you've uh, participated in. And it's called the, uh, oh, I should look it up, actually. Um, hold on a second. I have it around here somewhere. Uh, it was really pretty amazing. Hmm. 
woefully unprepared for this one. Well, while you're talking about that, I'll give you my last two Obama commentaries. Okay. Uh, you know, being that this was a rock concert to begin with, if people want to listen to this thing, you listen to the, to this speech right at the beginning. I, you know, the typical rock concert audience is a they yell and scream for about anything. Yay, yay, yay! So the so he got a huge round of applause for this line. My mother was born in the heartland of America, but my father grew up herding goats in Kenya. And then they got a huge yay, goats in Kenya! All right, you know, I mean, free birds. <laughs> It was ridiculous. And he also made the blunder. You know that thing? As far as I, that was not a speech done at night, was it? Uh, no, I thought it was during the day, in the afternoon. Yeah, it was during it? the yeah. day. Yeah. Well, why does he say, he says, we stand here tonight. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, who's he, who's he talking to? He's obviously not talking to the Berliners. Is he, is he talking to CNBC or not CNBC, no, but MSNBC that, that or CNN? I mean, what's the deal? That would have been earlier. So that, uh, I don't know. Although in Britain, people do say, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. What do they say? The evening. The afternoon is more like the evening. But, I mean, he was in, in Berlin, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, he said it was tonight. <clears throat> yeah, it's not what you English say. Yeah, us English. I can't find this article, John. I'm sorry. Okay, well. But I, it, when I find it, I will send it to you because I think it's highly bloggable. Yeah, no, I'll blog it. We got blogging that needs to be done. <laughs> By the way, anyway, Bubba, the, the Bubba other Martin thing they got a lot of does, attention uh, with the right wingers picked up on a couple of things. I think they screwed up on on what to criticize them for. For one thing, this keeps cropping up in all the right wing blogs. Does anybody ever listen to these speeches or follow them? I mean, or they just mouth off? And one of the things they are criticizing is Obama making the comment that you know factories in Boston and uh, and uh, China are melting the ice caps. Right. And he's what he said was automobiles in Boston, or actually cars. He said cars in Boston and factories in China, or Beijing, or wherever he said it. I have to look it up to specifics. But it was cars in Boston, not factories in Boston, because the joke is there are no factories in Boston. <laughs> yeah, right. But the but how are the cars in Boston? You know, the cars in Boston. Why is it? Why do they have to be in Boston? I found the whole thing to be a peculiar phrase. I think the speechwriter he has is a twenty-six-year-old kid. I think he's burned out. Hmm. Cars. I wonder what. There must be some significance to Boston. I don't know. Why would he say it? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it was like you know you don't. Cars in the world. I mean, it's not just cars in Boston anyway. Why is it cars in Boston specifically? You know, I mean, oh, yeah, he's trying to be, you know, here it is. As we speak, as we speak, cars in Boston and factories in Beijing. There's no factories in Beijing, by the way, <laughs> unless, unless there are places that so, you know, I don't, I've been to Beijing. There's, I don't know, the factories are out of town, let me tell you. Right, they're not in the city. None. But there are cars in Boston. Yes. Cars in Boston and factories in Beijing are melting the ice caps in the Arctic, shrinking coastlines in the Atlantic, and bringing drought to farms from Kansas to Death Kenya. Death and destruction. We're all going to die. From cars in Boston. From cars in Boston. So I, <laughs> so I don't know what the point is. I, know I, I, think, I think these guys are getting a little too... Uh, for example... He's using Boston and Beijing, so he's using a little, you know, just kind of alliteration. They're trying to be poetic. B, B, melting the ice caps, Arctic, Atlantic. So he's got melting the ice caps in the Arctic, shrinking the coastlines in the Atlantic, A, A, and oh, bringing I, drought I, from Kansas to Kenya, Kansas yeah, yeah, to Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's all this hard, you from know, From Bowie to Beethoven. Beijing. So I'm thinking, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> 
No, I think it's uh, look. Whether you think I'm nuts or not, we do we do both agree they're turning up the heat on something. Yeah, somebody is. Tur- yeah, well, that's probably true. By the way, here's another one. He's got another. He says trained in Kandahar and Karachi. The uh-huh. two K's. Alliteration is not what it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of alliteration. He's trying to you know you know hip it up, man, like lyrics. Like the well, it's to sucker this audience, which is a bunch of rock fans that came to see whatever bands that were there. I can't find any reference to the two bands that supposedly played there before he spoke. Uh, I bet I could. Find, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. No, well, maybe. Meanwhile, the other thing about Obama is he's making mistakes, and he's making weird false claims. Okay, Hit like me. he says he was part of. Uh, he's part of the banking committee, and in the you know in the Senate that he's not. He's not. No, he's not. He's never been a part of that, has he? No, but he said he wasn't in, in when he was in Israel giving that speech, and nobody called him on it. Huh. Uh, I mean, so a few right wing blogs mentions it, but nobody's called. I mean, they're calling McCain on every stupid thing he says. He says Czechoslovakia once, and everyone's all over. He doesn't even know there's no Czechoslovakia. Meanwhile, Obama's just out and out, you know, changing his resume. Now he's in the <laughs> banking committee. And the other what one else, he had was that what his relative, his uncle, or somebody, you know, that he was related to, helped, you know, liberate Auschwitz. Oh, he says this in one okay. of his speeches. By the way, anyone out there who wants to check this, type in Obama, type in Banking Committee, and Google, and then t- or then type in Obama and Auschwitz. Auschwitz, unless the guy was a Russian. Well, wait a minute. Was, was, Auschwitz was, was, was liberated by the Russians. But his uncle on, on his dad's side or his mom's side? I, it's, I can't remember. Because if it was on his dad's side, then he was a, a, a goat herder in. Uh... <laughs> no, but it had to be his mom's side, obviously. Okay. Unless there were goat herders that okay. were liberating Auschwitz. I don't think so. But, uh, but uh, so it'd be his mom's side. Hmm. Well, I mean, that, I can see, you know, my, but he's my, like making it up as he goes along. Then nobody seems to, you would, you know, you know, I don't need, I mean, it's bad enough that we have liars that are politicians, but I think you should maybe push it off until after you maybe you get elected before you start really just ad libbing your own background. Well, but it's easy it because no one calls along. him out on it because there's no, there's no one calls him out on it. It's simple enough. Well, I mean, actually, let me, let me rephrase it. Of course, there's people who call him out on it, but there's no, you know, there's no groundswell of mainstream blanket coverage, which you just have to have. If you need to get a message out, it has to be on every single network news. It has to be repeated a million times on CNBC and MSNBC and CNN. And it has to be repeated over and over and over again and last for 24 hours. And then we move on to the next thing we need people to understand. That's how it well, works. I, I'm very disappointed in the in the mainstream media for being, uh, you know, essentially Duh. boosters for yeah. one guy. Yeah. Duh. Well, who owns the mainstream media, John? Well, that's the point. That's yeah. what makes it weird. It's like, why is M- MSNBC is actually the Obama station? As, you know, I've been looking for something, you know, uh, make sure, you know, uh, n- new Obama or make sure that the news about Obama gets, you know, something. I mean, there's a way of putting it. You, Someone will dream up. Yeah, MSNBC well. stands for. Anyway, oh. <laughs> why MSNBC is owned by General Electric. So why are they? Because uh, you know, he is a player. He's supposed to get in. It's it's they, you know McCain ain't gonna hack it. So they need they need a guy in there. This guy's perfect. It doesn't matter if he's Republican or Democrat. They just need a guy. He's a he's a perfect robot. He's, well, he's perfect. Look, he's 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 good looking. He's young. He's got stamina. He was a member of the banking committee. This guy is absolutely perfect for the job. 
I mean, he voted well, for FISA. He voted, you know, now he's, he's changed his entire view on Iraq. You know, we'll still have 75,000 troops in there after 16 months. You know, he's, he's, you know, so the same, the same thing with the rock star and, and, you know, the banking committee stuff. He's also voting the way he'll vote. I mean, he, this is what, this is what we're going to see only times 10 because he's, he's a member of the group. He's a member of the clan. He's in the, he's in the system. They don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem I can't argue against this because I don't have any evidence that your crackpot theory is wrong, <laughs> except for the fact that, I mean, I, all the evidence says you says right, I'm right. Because yeah. why is General Electric, you know, promoting this guy to such an extreme? Because, well, okay, so I just went through that rant, but I think yeah, that, no, that, I that's don't the simple it. answer. No, Again, I mean, we all know what you think. I've already censored myself. It could be that General Electric is just stupid. Is that possible? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, so it's General Electric, it's uh, Viacom, and it's uh, Sky. You know, the, you know how many more? Uh, I well, guess Sky so. isn't Sky owned by Murdoch. Murdoch's yeah. against this guy, isn't he? Yeah. No, well, no, he's not against this guy. Are you kidding me? I mean. I, I'll I'll watch some Sky tonight. I'll watch Sky News and see well, how they you know, Murdoch owns Fox. Fox is you know usually yeah. jumping on this character. You watch. You I mean you should pay. You should, let's watch some Fox News. I, I I guarantee you that you know he's he's the man. They're getting him in doing whatever. Or uh, there's some horrible theories about. I mean, in fact, I don't want to talk about the theories um, about Obama. Well, they okay. don't they don't end well for him. Let's put it that way. Well, there's that issue, but you know, the, both of these guys are at risk, uh, just being who they just are. Being who they are McCain, yeah. if he can live two years into the office, it'll be a miracle, and uh, it'll be, you know, of course, the thing that everyone hounds him about is he's old, which yeah. is I can't understand where the liberals are coming from with this because they're the ones who come up with all this. You know, oh, we can't have sexism, we can't have ageism, yeah. and everything. All their criticism of McCain is all based on ridiculous, you know, ageism of the worst stereotype. Uh, you know, a variety. I mean, it's like we're talking, and we're talking from liberals here who are all, oh, it's a stereotype. You can't, you say that it's a stereotype. Meanwhile, these guys are stereotyping McCain. Yeah. They're ageists. It's ridiculous that they're doing this and they can do it with a straight face. Eh. There was a, a I've word. lost respect for the liberal community. <laughs> oh. There was a word that was a really good word I read in Financial Times today. I'm trying to figure out what the, I thought it was a part of maybe a, an Obama story. I can't find it now. What I did find in the uh, Financial Times, you'll love this. Um, so you, you remember EMI got bought by a big hedge fund? Right. Um, Greg Hand is... Uh, KK, was it KKR? When no, uh, was terra, it? terra Firma. Terra oh, right, Firma, right. a UK-based uh, uh, firm. And so this has been in the news for quite a while. You know, they bought it for uh, four billion pounds, John, eight billion dollars. Seems like uh, a lot. Yeah, well, of course it's a lot. And but you know, so uh, part of the uh, of the gem of of EMI has always been uh, their back catalogs. They got a lot of great back catalog, including I think uh, Bowie. I think they had that fifty million dollar bond or whatever that they wrote out to him. Anyway. Uh, so Greg Hand is, you know, an, uh, a guy who has no experience in the entertainment business. He's running this hedge fund and he's running uh, EMI now. And today, on the 65th birthday of Mick Jagger, the Rolling Stones announce they are quitting EMI 
And they are leaving to Universal, and they're taking their entire back catalog post-1971 with them. Huh. I would say these guys are fucked. Well, I mean that, they that, probably need to do a better deal with the Rolling Stones, that's for sure. Well, that's exactly what got them into trouble in the first place, is doing all these sweet deals with everybody that, you know, that just don't pay off. I mean, the, the, you watch, EMI is going to fall over, roll over dead. And and that's just the beginning of of the end for uh, for the mainstream music uh, industry, which they is they can oh, blame it on piracy. Well, y- y- I'm sure you read about uh, the six UK ISPs who have all agreed to uh, participate in the three strikes you're out program in the UK. Uh, I think we may have you blogged must have it, blogged it. Yeah, you must have blogged it. But yeah, give back give us background on okay, it. Okay, quick background that actually did. A lot. This is purely about peer-to-peer, by the way, um, and not about just uh, casual web browsing. It's purely about peer-to-peer, and um, and so the the main um, initiative here is uh, the record companies, the music industry, and the motion picture industry as well will be sitting out on trackers. They get an IP address. Uh, they will then contact the ISP, and then um, so what they haven't decided yet is which route will be taken. Either a um, the ISP sends a note and does not disclose the information to the record company, or B, they do disclose the information to the record company. So there's a, uh, um, a like a QFA. Is that what it is? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you know, like a proposal is out there. And so the industry is now, you know, deciding what that's going to be. They have until, I think, October. Uh, and then the... Um, and then what's now also open, you know, officially open for discussion, which will become law. This is a governmental uh, decision that's being made here. Um, is how they'll combat it. And so one is, you know, they get a warning. Uh, the next one is they'll be put on a blacklist that is distributed to all ISPs. Wow. And the next one is installing filtering software <laughs> to actually, you know, uh, uh, make uh, content non-downloadable. So, of course, it's just a start, but it's the start of a, a lot of crap, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, and so I was reading through these documents uh, on the government website and how they talk about, you know, and, and they got this guy from the, who used to be in the undertones. His name is Fiergal Sharkey, who had one hit, like a one hit wonder called A Good Heart is Hard to Find. And he's running this whole thing. He's you know like one of those typical washed up pop stars that you know had to get a gig and he winds up in the administration of some kind of royalty based organization for the mob um and he's saying like you know well you know the british creative community is suffering and I'm like what a bunch of crock you know the british creative a, a, a com- bunch of crock <laughs> yeah the Br- the british creative community is suffering let me write down that usage <laughs> yeah how are they, how are they suffering did he say well, yeah, because or they you know, don't. They can only buy one limo, or they can only no, use no. a private jet once a week. Currently, as it stands, most musicians don't make more than five thousand pounds a year, and this is horrible. So, if we don't, if we don't get these people more money, if we don't make people buy their 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 stuff, then the creative community will disappear. We'll have no more creative community. These are the words yeah, he's using. Away, yeah, because he, people don't. Because people are people only, aren't creative. They're only in it for money. That's what he's They're saying. All, you're right. That's exactly what I was going to say. You beat me. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, the creative community, the artists of the world who are notoriously yeah. starving yeah. to death. Yes. Dying. They're only in it for the Famine. money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm an artist in a loft yeah. in New York doing an oil painting because I'm in it for the, for the money. money. 
haven't exactly. sold any. That's like Rembrandt, <laughs> Van Gogh. Those guys were totally in it for the fucking money. Actually, Rembrandt may have been, but not Van Gogh. <laughs> uh, but just to read those words, it's like, wow, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff. Well, that's because, you know, you if you're a foot doctor, you see everything as a foot. Yeah, true. And uh, these guys are in it. The guys who are making these comments are in it for the money. So they think that artists and everybody else who does anything All for any for the reason whatsoever, for love or or for because they think it's fun or they ha they feel they, they have a service. To, or a message you know, to communicate. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's all for the money. Nobody yeah. does anything because you, the person making the comments, you do everything for money because you're a money grubbing jerk off. So therefore, everybody's like you. I mean, this is like this, this, this kind of self, you know, centered way of seeing the bunch world. Bunch of crock. Bunch of crock. <laughs> it's now it's it's on the lexicon. It's a bunch, a bunch of, of crock. crock. You've never heard that? My mom used to say that. She used to say bunch of crock? Mm-hmm. Oh, what a bunch of crock. Wow. I never heard that ever. Instead of a crock of? Yeah, crock of. So you, you might, dad or mom. Or we used to mom have a, we used to have a crock. And we you made. Used to uh, say it's a crock of crap or yeah. it's a, or just it's a crock. Yeah, a which bunch would of, imply it was a crock of crap. A bunch of crock. A bunch of crock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of my mom. Um, so I stayed overnight, uh, Friday night at Bob's house. That was her, uh, her second husband. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we know, you know, they've been together 15 years or something like that. So, uh, yeah, of course I knew Bob, but he's not like really, you know, the official family, but then he really is family. And so it's now been two years since my mom passed. So I was like, oh, you know, go hang out with Bob and see how he's doing. And so, um, the house is very much, you know, my mom's stuff is all still in there and she had a huge Wedgwood collection, you know, really beautiful, all color coordinated and, and so he has, still has all that up, but he has kind of transformed into a guy pad. He's put big in a difference. Yeah. yeah, he's put in a big uh, widescreen, and he's got you know his, first thing a guy does. Yeah, of course, <laughs> he's got his Dolby five point one surround sound with eighteen speakers hidden throughout the entire living room, and he's like, and you know, because I I don't know really what our common ground is, and uh, he's like, yeah, let's uh, let me show you some DVDs because he's really into gadgets now, and he's uh, he's, he's sixty five. He's almost sixty five. He'll be sixty five in October. And so he pulls out, you know, all these music uh, concert DVDs. Like, here, the you know, let's check this one out from the Eagles. I'm like, ah, Eagles kind of boring. Ah, you got to listen to this guitar, how the guy plays. So it was actually a pretty good piece. But then he pulls out Roger Waters, who I've never ever been into. Uh, Pink Floyd, you know, like Money and some of the hits. Like, because I've always been in a top forty hit radio, and I just kind of listen to the to the the chorus. It doesn't have a hook, you know. All right, you know, I can pick a hit pretty much. Um, but this one had subtitles on the DVD. And man, the shit that Pink Floyd and, and Roger Waters, it's really, really politically motivated. I've, yeah. Well, that was that era. Yeah, I know. But, but I've never, I've never really, even the words of, um, like time or money, you know, you think, you know what you're singing, but you don't actually know what they're singing. And now they had the subtitles, man, it was exactly what's going on now. The, the, it was so, it fit right into these times. Yeah. Well, you know, what can I say? Hey, you can say I was there the first time, son. I actually saw Pink Floyd <laughs> in their first American tour. And, yeah, how uh, was it? Did you were you into into what they were talking about, or you just into? You couldn't LSD? understand a word they said. Yeah, it was the music, so you needed the subtitles. That's what you needed, man. Yeah, no, it would have, but, but you know, everybody was thinking that along those lines back then. But what the thing that was cool about Pink Floyd when they first showed up and they did a gig 
in in Marin County right off the bat at some special venue. It was some weird hall, and they had rigged it so they had speakers in a complete circle around the entire group. Oh yeah, right, so the right, whole right. Thing, so so when they would play something, they could have the 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 sound go around in a circle and right, spin it around. Right. Yeah. And you know, they, they, there was a bunch of these guys. I mean, Grateful Dead used to use standing waves to get that weird effect, and mm-hmm. and Jimi Hendrix used to have a bunch of things flapping across the screen, and some you know he invented the wah wah pedal, and right. and you know these guys are into you know, pretty aggressive. Uh, uh, new, you know, sounding technologies and, and stuff yeah. deteriorated back to what it was in the fifties. <laughs> well, now we have MP, and that was another thing I noticed. I'm like, wow, am I really starving my my brain of of good music when you just listen to MP3s? What I mean, that's a bunch of crock right there. When you hear something on Dolby 5.1 surround. Like what the hell am I doing listening to MP3s on a freaking iPod with with earbuds? I mean, this is lame. I boy that you know I, I I've been thinking that for the last couple of years because I see people roaming around for one thing the the earbuds thing they stick these things in their ears and they're by the way injecting sound directly to the eardrum has got it's not it's good not for good you. not good no in fact that Mevio I'm sitting next to a guy who has I'm not going to name who it is but he's got his sound up so loud that I can hear what he's listening to oh that's and he's got Greg these things stuck in his ear <laughs> that's Greg Greg Mand. He's going to be deaf. Is that Greg? Seriously? Well, I'm not going to say. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but the point <laughs> is, is that everybody does it. They got these things stuck in their ears, and they're walking around town, usually, and they're oblivious to everything else going around, and they walk in front of you. I always bump into you. They, they, there's, you know, in yeah, England, I don't there was care a story about, about that. It. But I don't care about that. What I care about is the quality of the, you're, I mean, no. you okay, miss well, let me, so much. Yeah, I'm I sorry. know, I agree. In Go fact, ahead. I am a big, old-fashioned speaker guy myself, and I've got, like, these huge, you know, Dahlquist old ones. I know the DQ. Mm-hmm. Tens, mm-hmm. hooked up with some subwoofers from you know and i there's all and you crank it up and you you get an experience that you get at a, either a concert or at a symphony hall or something like that as opposed to sticking these things in your ears and getting limited fidelity yeah. i don't care how good they are and you know and it's just uncomfortable and there's you can't move around the sound i mean the sound is stuck in a fixed position so you if you walk around you can't it doesn't change, and I don't like it. I, I think, the, but nobody has speakers anymore. Nobody bothers. Yeah, well, I think it's a shame because, and and it was really, it was just rubbed right into my face, you know, because he had the subwoofers, he had the the tweeters, and right, you know, tuned man, like, and he made me sit in a certain spot on the couch, you know, he's tuned this experience, and you know, HDMI, uh, HD. I mean, it's, you know, he's like uh, 1080. Uh, well, I don't even know what I've, I've lost track of all this shit. But I'm looking at it, so I've got this great picture. I've got this sound that is just going through me, you know. And I'm like, and I, it was really, it was a really good experience. I'm like, wow, I'm really, really depriving myself of so much by listening to so much music on crappy MP3. And I, what, what an endorsement for CDs right there to go out and buy the actual product if people would sell the benefit of really hearing the music, really hearing it, bad feeling it, yeah. Feeling it, feel hearing those bass yeah. notes, they hit your, you know, solar plexus and your body shakes. Yeah, and that shit's tuned. I mean, and our, and that's why music works because it's supposed to not just go through the ears. I mean, a lot of the resonances and the harmonies and stuff of, you know, basic music is, uh, you know, and certainly the Pink Floyd stuff. I'm sure they thought about that and tuned it to certain frequencies that the human body reacts to or whatever. You know, they were, those guys were into that. Well, I'm glad you you you've got the uh, you know the wherewithal to put together a nice sound system. I've got a pretty good sound system here. 
Yeah, but you listen to earbuds anyway. Um, no, typically, even this show, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, actually, we, you know, knock on wood, but we've had great connection. But you know, it's, um, whenever I listen to something, I put it on the big speakers here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really important. I can't do a mix with headphones. Uh, do I listen to earbuds? Yeah, but typically it's talk. You know, it's a, it's podcast or it's a, uh, maybe an audio book or something like that. So, you know. But even in the car, I was listening to uh, a couple of interviews, and I uh, bought one of those uh, Nokia charger transmitter jobbies uh, so I can just put it on the car radio. And I listened to it over the car radio. Much more enjoyable. Yeah, I think so. Although I'd hate to have to listen to music through the MP3 through a Nokia transmitter. Nokia, by the way, not necessarily known for uh, their radio transmitters or their processing. I don't know. I, I don't use that technology. I I, I sound like I mean, people. You know, I'm always going to get some some jerk that listens to the show commenting the following. Some jerk. What is this guy? He lives in the, <laughs> he lives in the he live in the 18th century. He still uses CDs. What are you What are you worried for? What are you worried about people? I'm not. I'm just saying. You? I'm just making the comment that people will criticize me for the simple reason that I still, when I have a bunch of stuff I want to listen to, I'll burn it on a disc. Yeah. And throw it in the car, yeah. you know, CD yeah, it's better. player. Much better. It's much better. And then pop, you know, when I want it, I'll pop it up. Yeah, I didn't have so any CDs have... with me. Otherwise, I would have burned the shit onto CD. I really would have. Yeah, and you can, I mean, the CDs nowadays are they're 15 to 20 cents a piece. Yeah, it's nothing. You know, and, and I, in fact, I usually, when I travel, I usually burn a couple of CDs before I go. Yeah. I tend to more recently be listening mostly to long lectures about stuff, but mm. I'll burn a few CDs and then I'll, and I'll, and I used to always make the mistake years ago. I'd have a CD, I'd go travel, I'd be in Vegas, and I'd have a special CD that I wanted to listen to on there. And then, then in the rental car, I'd forget it, leave it behind. Now I'm leaving it behind on purpose. Yeah. What do I need it for? I got nah, just 20 cents, 15 you cents. Yeah, you know, you what, I lost 15 cents. Yeah, whatever. You know, because hey, otherwise you just wind up with a bag full of old CDs. Yeah, no, the CDs need, <laughs> you got to get I know. them out of You got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of them. You got to write something on it so you know what it is and then toss it out. Right. And the funny thing is, I'm with you on this 100%. And the funny thing is, if you wanted to ever listen to it again, you can download it again. You know, it's yeah. not like you're going to never yeah. hear it again. Yeah. So the only thing I'm disappointed about in, during this week's program, John, is that you're not, or that you're, I'm kind of disappointed you're skeptical, skeptical about the results of my booster. Uh, you should be, like, interested and happy. I'm going to look into it. Okay. If you got 30% better gas 29. mileage. 29% better gas you mileage. Can, you can duplicate that effort, you know, sure. it's not, and, the, and the engine doesn't rust out from the inside out. Well, that, that uh, of course, I don't know. I mean, the, the engine could blow up. This thing could explode. I mean, anything could happen, but it is working. Hmm. It really is working. Uh, well, yeah, and also, I mean, temperature you, will make a difference, you know. Uh, so right now it's warm. I have no idea what it'll do if it's colder. I mean, I haven't even considered what if it freezes. I mean, I got water in a in a... PVC thing isn't that going to freeze and crack? I mean, I haven't thought about any of this yet. Well, you'll find out as it goes along. But it <laughs> yes. seems to me, I, I was years and years ago. I knew this guy was an automotive engineer, and he invented all kinds of weird stuff. And he says, you know, the problem is with the industry, generally speaking, if there's a new breakthrough technology, it's too much work to tool it up. I mean, to get every new idea implemented is just they can't do it. And uh, I mean, it was a miracle that hybrid cars ever came out. Toyota's pretty aggressive with their stuff. I heard. A, a, the, I'm sorry. 
But anyway, I was just going to say, it's possible that these, some of these things that some you know people invented and they show it works. You know, that did nobody cares. I mean, it's and it, but it could well be a great product. Well, I think I think you're right there. Nobody really cares. I and mean, you know who cares? Truckers care because these guys are developing these huge, like you know, they'll do a uh, hundred liters of gas per hour that they'll produce, and they're building them for these diesel truckers because these guys, you know, for them. You know, you're spending fifty grand a month on fuel. You know, hey, it ain't too bad if uh, if you can reduce that by twenty five or thirty percent. So, at scale, you know, there's a lot of people very interested in this, and these guys are building stuff. Um, now look into it. I am skeptical, but I'm skeptical well, about everything. But I'll look into it. It just seems to me that when you start talking about, you know, essentially when the guy's building a hydroxy, whatever the hell it's called, booster, uh, booster, yeah. uh, one minute and talking about, you know, uh, zero point energy, which or whatever that's called, which yeah. is just yeah. total crap. Well, how do you don't know? You're not a physicist. I, I, I talk to any physicist who does know. Well, I haven't done that. All I know is I got better mileage. <laughs> I got better mileage. That's all I know. And I'm like, you know, and I was pretty much convinced it would happen anyway. And I drove everything on cruise control. So it, you know, but you know, road and weather conditions vary. But at the end of the day, you can't deny I had to put less gas in, uh, than, than in the, in my benchmark. I, you know, there was literally less petrol I could put into the tank. Now it's only a couple of liters, but it's still well, a couple of liters. It makes a big deal at those prices. You know, it's 20 bucks a pop or whatever, you know, you're probably saving. Uh, well, just keep doing it and keep uh, give us a report every week, and I'll look into it in the meantime and see what it looks like. And so far as yeah. there must be somebody that's done the math. Well, the next step, the next step is um, uh, they're going to give me a, a little box, and it has two knobs on it, and i got to connect that to the computer because, uh, you know, the car has a chip, obviously, and, and it's adjusting stuff. So you can actually uh, lean your mixture uh, electronically. So I should be able to get even better fuel uh, uh, consumption out of it. Well, so, you might be able to get better fuel consumption just by tweaking the computer anyway. Well, I'm, I'm sure. So these guys did tell me an interesting story, which I thought was just kind of funny. Because, uh, you know, they, so the, as far as we know, no one has tried this, uh, at least not in the Benelux, on an injection engine. So, you know, the, these guys got old Volvos and, you know, crazy ass station cars and stuff that's just old right so here i come and i've got an injection so these are engine. carbureted engines mostly yes okay. yes exactly so this was the first injection system with a chip and uh, so they so you know we get to talking about the and of course these guys are you know they're off the wall and uh, and we get to talking about injection systems oh man they say this is great so they developed this apparently around 1971 or 1972 and everyone need to have an injection engine and an injection that was uh, you know it was fantastic but actually uh, they said that uh, of every single car that uh, got an injection engine certainly the early ones the uh, the actual mileage went down because they were incredibly inefficient and actually are blowing fuel in there or were blowing fuel in there at points in the in the cycle that would not even ignite that they that they actually was just a you know of course a conspiracy that they were you know the injection engine came out just to get people to spend more on fuel and now that I think about it, I'm like, well, you know, I really don't know if an injection engine, what it is for, other than it looks great on the back of your trunk, you know, injection. <laughs> yeah, but think about it. 
I know about injection engines, and the reason for them is because you can meter the fuel into each cylinder individually. It's not a, like a carburetor, which you got a bunch of gas going in, gets vaporized with you know by being mixed with air as it sucks through the through the manifold, and then it gets distributed in a kind of a you know a haphazard way. And so it's an inefficient device. I mean, unless you have a bunch of them, one for each cylinder, then you damn near have an injection system. I'm not buying this at all. Okay. I mean, yeah, early injectors were like designed to just pump a sh- cr- crap load of fuel into right. anything. Right. But I'm talking the modern fuel injector is an extremely f- efficient. Uh, the only reason we have great gas mileage on these cars is because of these injectors. Well, that of course the depends on how your chip is set. To 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 uh, you know cubic inch ratio as high as it is is because of injectors. Right. But that all depends on how it's uh, tweaked and what your yeah, chip you is can, doing. Well, you tweak it. Generally speaking, the the problem with the chips is they're tweaking it to meet emission requirements more than they are for performance. That's true. Anyway, a lot of fun stuff going on out there. Oh, yeah, Planet Planet X is coming. Niburo's here, and we're all going to die. Oh, yeah, Planet X. Now, that one I've always gotten a kick out of. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not into the Planet X, X stuff. I, I don't think that's uh, – that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> Planet X, but but yeah. uh, bases on the moon, yeah, we got those. <laughs> bases on the moon, parking. We got parking spots up there, man. Well, that's the reason we're going. You know, they, they, if I want to play that game, I've still like the idea that I, I prefer that we've never been to the moon thing. It's more fun. <laughs> no, no, no. This one's better. I can play this one better now. Well, they've never. Well, the fact, that, okay, we can go with this theory though, whether we have bases on the moon or whether we have uh, never been, never there. been to the moon, and we can still make the following argument: China's decided they want to go to the moon, so now we want to go to the moon again. And the only reason we want to shoot up there again is to keep China from either finding the bases on the moon or so we can place those artifacts that we claim to have left the first time. Nah, I think what, you know, first of all, we're, we, the world is shooting rockets up into space a lot with the European Space Agency, NASA, you know, the, there's a lot going up there. And no one ever really questions the experiments that they're doing. Because well, do you ever hear about what they're actually doing up there, John? It's mostly growing insects, it seems to me, or yeah. if they can right. melt. So, right, so let's feed the world and not spend uh, $10 billion a year on uh, NASA if they're just growing insects. So of course they're not, you know. So the theory is that uh, they're pooping out rocket ships once they're up in orbit, and then that, those rocket ships go off to our bases on the moon and Mars. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever going to discover that. <laughs> well, they didn't discover the fourth astronaut. Oh. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. There's a lot out there, and it's okay because it it makes me feel happy. It's better than fucking television. It's much it's more entertaining. All about the new movie. Yeah, I'm down with that. So, the X-Files, oh, that was it. You said that the other day, and I had to have to give you cred for that. You said maybe all this Larry King stuff is just one big promotion. You know, so Larry King is doing a lot of UFO uh, uh, shows in the past couple weeks, and uh, you said it might be a big PR job. And lo and behold, the X-Files is coming out this week. Yeah. Now watch, watch about a month from now. You will hear nothing about UFOs. We'll hear not, all this stuff will just go <laughs> all right, away. We'll track it. We'll track. Or we get the big one. We get the big holographic uh, uh, invasion. 
that says, yeah, no, no movie. give us there's all no your guns. Involved, so unless there's another movie about, you know, something similar coming out, you have to check. You, have, you, you know, we need a subscription to Variety so we can see what the schedule looks like. I think there's some websites that, you know, there's another it, yeah. big budget tent pole sci-fi movie that involves Can aliens. it get any bigger than X-Files? And they'll take the same images and we'll, they'll use the... Um, the uh, the holographic projector that they uh, use for the 9-11 planes. And then they'll just project those images or versions of them, and we'll all get freaked out. We'll surrender our guns. And then the depopulization <laughs> can begin. Yeah. So the... Um uh, the reviews in on the X Files movie are mixed. Oh, really? I, I mean, it, it'll come out. I think in another week here. So yeah, but it's been seen, and it's, it's mixed. Some really? people think it's just a sleazy. It's got nothing to do with aliens. It turns out it's mostly to do with you know mind control or or psychic abilities or something. But it just it looks like it's a lot of people are very disappointed in it. Really? Yeah. Mind control, as in uh, we can use well, more of our brains. Thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. the story line uh, is. Are you going to go see I'm it? Just saying, it's, you should go see it. Why don't you I'm go not see gonna it? See, I'm going to no. I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to rent it, maybe, or see it on HBO. Which reminds me, <laughs> I, this is another topic I just just, uh, just thought about. I'm watching the what used to be Siskel and Ebert that became Ebert and Roper. Yeah. And then of course Ebert is is got you know he's recovering from uh, various ailments, so he's yeah. never on the show so now anymore. It's what and Roper. And now it's this new guy from the Chicago Tribune or whoever yeah. he is, who's uh, who's actually pretty good. And the two guys argue and moan and bitch and gripe at each other, as, as the old original show did. Yeah. But they've dropped the two thumbs up to make it, you know, see it, rent it, or skip it, oh, which no. is exactly what I was doing when I was at CNET in the <laughs> mid-90s with a buy it, something, and then skip it, something like that. We had the same three categories, but but the the thing about this new category, see it, rent it, or skip it, it's like, why would you give up a franchise of yeah, the thumbs, thumbs up, up, thumbs down, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down, because it got all kinds of attention, thumbs up, two thumbs up, which is the, the best thing a movie could receive was two thumbs up, which yeah. would be the two guys agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. Now they now what are they going to say? It's the two see-its. It. It doesn't even sound good. Skip it, says Roper. See it, says Roger. I oh, know. Ramper. It's it's bad. I mean, what what do you give up? It's like one of the greatest franchises in modern in, television in, in, history. Yeah. The thumbs up, two thumbs up, and then they throw it away because well, somebody's got a hair up their ass. I'd have to say then it's probably because for that very reason, you know. So now they basically can never see. Never again will it be. This is a movie I'm not going to want to see because it got two thumbs down. Because you're right, there never will be a two skip it. Um. So. There's just yeah, no, no, there's just no negative. Be, there's just no negative. Yeah, it also, right, and they've also watered down the whole procedure by adding a third category of yeah, rented, rented, which yeah. sounds like a sellout category. But they can use that later. Displays, but they can use right. that when the DVD comes out on, uh, when it comes out on DVD, then they can use their quotes again. Uh, Roper says, rent it. Right. It's a scam. Yeah, sellout. You're right. It's a sellout. Unlike this show, where we'll whore for anything. Just give us some money. Nobody cares. Nobody wants us. I've got a McDonald's cup of coffee in front of me, John. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, man. What do you say? Should we wrap it up on a high note here? 
Yeah, I got one high note. My uh, uh, stepson, Eric, has developed a very interesting product, which he, he's been stalling on me saying anything about. Oh, okay. But but anyone who's a Craigslist user out there and they want to like look at more than one Craig, it took a while for him to make this work because Craig's, Craig and Craigslist do not like anyone doing this, but he's finally gamed it enough that it works. And it's called Craig's Finder. It's C-R-A-I-G-F-I-N-D-R. In the Web 2.0 sense, Craig's Finder with an R instead of ER dot com, and it lets you search all the Craigslists all over the you know United States. I think probably Europe too, by just putting checklists, and then you put your search in there, and it goes and looks at all of them. Wow, it looks pretty cool. It is pretty cool, and it's Ajax. The whole thing. It's actually not a bad product. Support Craigsfinder dot com. A donation a day keeps the ads away. Oh, look, he took it from his dad, didn't he? One-time donation, <laughs> two bucks. Recurring, two dollars per month donation. Well, maybe he can do that. It's more, more of a Leo Laporte type of thing. But I'm, Well, I'm just looking at, at your stepson's business model here, if you don't mind. Can I just browse multiple servers? Yes, it's coming. Okay. How do I search the entire U.S.? Uh, it's coming. Uh, donate. Why? Hmm. You can actually search the entire U.S., but you have to click on every one of the things. You, there's no one click entire U.S. So if I'm looking for a tin foil hat for sale, yeah, I would check search. New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Oh, I say error. Please select one or more Craigslist servers. Oh, okay. I have to do the servers. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's cool. So it just pops out. Oh, I see what you mean. There's no. There's no check all. Right, which right. I think would be a bad thing. Because then you basically have a mega Craig. Uh, well, no, the problem, I'll tell you what the problem is. I've used this thing a number of times. And if you check, you, if you check more than five or six servers, you, you get a list that's too big. Too big, yeah. Because so the, the, the system's very, uh, you know, it likes to be, uh, it's you know, Craigslist is a big deal, especially in some areas like San Francisco Bay Area. I mean, that's pretty much half of it. Right. That's cool. It is very web, webby 2.0. I like that, the interface. That's pretty cool. Craig's yeah, he, this is one of those labors of love that you do for yourself because you wanted to check a few. Anyway, he did it. I just taken about a year or two, and he said he started doing it. Then, they, then he got blocked, and so he, you know, from Craig, he's like, "You can't be doing this." And so uh, they would find his IP and they would stop him. And so now he goes through some, you know, guy. Apparently, there's no two. Every one of those things is coming off some different IP, and it and it's rotating I in found such a, a way that I found a bug. You might want to tell him. So I'm running Safari on the Mac, and then when I t when I'm typing in the search box, if I hit the P, then the uh, the region uh, uh, thing slides open, and if I hit the P again, it closes. I'm not sure that he's ever tested it on Safari. Maybe he should. Okay. Because you're the only guy I know that's ever used Safari. I like it because it's got the WebKit, and it's fast. It's really really fast. Hey, this is cool. It works. So I get everything from Atlanta, Phoenix. Nice. Oh, tinfoil hats? Well, I couldn't do tinfoil hat. Tinfoil hat, uh, or I did it, but it didn't show up. Uh, I did just house. I tried oh. to do apartment. That's how I figured out the P was buggy. All right, doesn't matter. Yeah, Very cool. Uh, and then, uh, please, I tried earlier, but let me promote uh, Bubba Martin's show notes, which, oh, yeah. will, uh, which will appear uh, once, uh, once the show is posted. And uh, we thank the, uh, the lovely uh, Skype Corporation for hanging in there today. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Are you uh, doing Twit? 
I believe so. I didn't do it last week, though. No, I didn't. I didn't like last week's show. Not that just because you weren't on it, but it's just like I don't know. Just what was it about? I didn't even listen to it. Uh, I can't remember now. Yeah, but it wasn't something. I just it was like different people or whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah, every once in a while, Leo likes to, you know, test people. I guess I don't know what he's. No, but it is good for um, diversity. It's good to you shake don't need things to be, up. Well, and I don't need to be listened to on a weekly basis, like, you know, week after week. I, you know, I come in, I moan and groan about the show moving too slow, and that's yeah. kind of my thing. Yeah. And and everyone changes the topic, and you know, I you know, I think I think I I wear out my welcome. I love you, honey. <laughs> All right. Uh, good. Do we have a title? Uh, yeah, Hydroxy Booster. Okay, okay excellent. Hydroxy Booster it is. All right. that'll get attention. I'm sorry? I said that'll get attention. Somebody sees that on the thing, and besides Click. that, it's good for search engines. Yeah. All right, coming to you from uh, the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak from Northern California. And we'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda. No Agenda.